at least for me, hmm. um, Venerable Yudadama Viku, can I make real progress in my Vipassana practice in regards to the Vipassana Nana without being able to establish Kanika Samadhi? If not, should I do Samatha first? Without being able to establish, how can you not be able to establish Kanika Samadhi? I mean, if you killed your parents, probably you couldn't, but otherwise, Kanika Samadhi, you have to understand it's a moment, it's a single moment. It's actually quite easy to, to, to establish, because it's not established, it's a moment. Kanika Samadhi is seeing impermanent suffering and non-self. It's the moment where you see something arise, or you see something cease, or you both see something arise and cease, where you see reality occurring. At that mo and, and and more than just see it, sorry, you you are clearly aware of it as being that reality. So, for example, when you say pain, pain, you're in your mind clear that that is pain, nothing more, nothing less. Um, so I I don't quite get the problem you're having. If you want to do samatha first, go for it. Um, it's a, it gives you a lot of power of mind and can be quite useful in developing later kanika samadhi or, or vipassana samadhi where you see impermanent suffering and non-self. So don't don't be too discouraged about not getting... One thing is, you know, th this is a very prominent theme that runs through all meditators, medi all new meditators courses and a lot of the questions that I get is um, this idea that your practice is, is futile, your practice is not bearing fruit. And so even today one meditator who's been here quite a while is still wondering, you know, when is she, go or she was wondering whether, she didn't say it, but what she said was that she's wondering whether she should spend some time thinking about impermanent suffering and non-self. And she's been here for quite a while, for at least two weeks, I think. And, um, you know, I, I think her practice is going well. It, it looks very clear as, as though her practice is going quite well, but we started talking about impermanent suffering and non-self, and like most people, she still didn't get the fact that she was actually experiencing impermanent suffering and non-self quite clearly. And so I, so I asked her, I said, well, well, let's take a very simple object, is the rising and falling of the stomach. That's your, the, the basic object. So is the rising and the falling of the stomach always constant? And she said, no, no, of course it's not. Is the rising and falling of the stomach um, pleasant? And she said, no, no, actually it's, it's quite, quite suffering a lot of the time. And can you control it? Can you keep it stable? Can you change it? Can When it goes out of control, can you bring it back into control? And she said, no, actually, I can't. This is really clear because it's something that we tell meditators to watch, watch uh, as their basic object. So it's an easy set of questions to ask. And right away she understood the point that she was seeing quite clearly impermanent suffering and non-self. And, and this idea that you have to somehow consider them or, or, or look for them or, or ponder them or, or apply them to your practice in some way is totally erroneous, totally false. You, if you, if you come to me and say that your practice is not going well and you you can't get the hang of it and so on, then it's a very good sign to me that you're practicing quite well. 
You just don't realize it. If you come to me and tell me, oh, meditation is so wonderful and I'm just feeling peace and calm all the time and I really have no problems and so on, then I think you're practicing samatha. And they say, you know, it's not a problem, but it, it could be, in some cases, could be a problem where you get stuck on something and fix, fixated on something and go flying off into conceptual um illusion in, into illusion and and can actually go crazy because you cling to things and follow after things rather than seeing them as they are so we we actually had a long talk about that as well where i was um you know, explaining to her that she was asking about images that she saw and I was explaining that um the the problem with the you know the, the image is just seeing really that's how we look at it but if you ask she was asking what is it I said well you know in the end we see it just as seeing but the point being that whatever it is there is no answer that I that that you can't find an end answer to what is it whatever when you see something special when you investigate it you change it right this Heisenberg's uncertainty principle actually works in reality so when you look at the object it cha you change it and so what happens is you you investigate and it changes and it prol proliferates it becomes something stronger because you're putting energy into it and because it's conceptual it can just change and and, and alter and, and eventually it, you develop habits based on it and this is how meditators actually go crazy because they uh, get totally lost and caught up in something that is conceptual the point being that if you feel like your practice is stuck or 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 not going as it should be then it's there's a very good chance that you're actually seeing impermanent suffering and non-self and should just be patient and you'll find yourself letting go as a result when things don't go the way you want you you will generally tend to let go of them right you'll stop fussing about them stop worrying about them you'll start to learn that that's the nature of reality that things do go against your wishes that things in general are not under your control and that's the truth of non-self